Welcome to the Eat Right Nutrition Podcast, where we partner with experts in the health, wellness, and nutrition field to deliver you an excellent variety of content based on real science, real facts, and real food. I'm your host, Aron. And I'm Nicole. And today, we're going to talk about time, consistency, and patience. Hey, Nicole. What's up, Cito? What are you doing? Um, just hanging out, relaxing. Going to talk about time, consistency, and patience. Let's talk about it. But first. Okay. What? You know that uh, Sublime song? Um, I know all of them. Which one? You know the Sublime song where he's like, I work good and I work hard, but first take care of head? Yeah. Right? Like take care of your head first? Yeah. Your mindset. That. It- Get your mind right first, because then you can't do anything else. I So I realized that with myself. You, you feeling that now? I'm feeling that. And, you know, I, I'm realizing that a lot of people are running around like chickens with their head cut off and mm-hmm. they don't take care of their head. And then they want to establish habits and goals and you yeah. know, things of that sort. And they can't because they're not taking care of their head first. Well, that's absolutely true. And, you know, for me lately, it's been taking one day a week to Mm -hmm. do self-care activities it's been super super helpful because monday i'm like all right i still take clients in the morning Mm -hmm. but then the rest of the day i'm like shut off from the world doing Mm -hmm. my thing and then yeah outside being active right and i'm not thinking about work i'm not thinking about anything but what i'm doing i'm in the moment Mm -hmm. and the rest of the week i'm ultra productive yeah So I think one message that I would like our listeners to hear today is Mm -hmm. first take care of head. Yeah, you do. I totally agree with you. You have to find that one thing that you can shut off and focus on to kind of calm your brain down so that you then can be productive during the week. Otherwise, you're going to drive yourself nuts. You cannot just work, work, work. Yes, trust me, I've been there. Even if it's work that you enjoy doing, you still need to turn it off for a little while yeah even just a couple hours helps you know gotta take some me time absolutely let's get into today's topic (laughs) okay time consistency and patience and the reason why i wanted to do this episode is because it's something that we've said before Mm -hmm. on several episodes yeah you need time consistency and patience in order to achieve everything you want to achieve in your fitness journey, your nutrition journey, your life journey, your Mm -hmm. career journey, any journey that that may be, time, consistency, and patience is super important. And we always touch up on it in episodes, like it's just kind of in the episode, like, hey, time, consistency, and patience. But this time, I think we should have a real conversation about what that means to give yourself time, consistency, and patience in order to achieve your goals. I would agree 100%. 100%. (laughs) 100%. I mean, with any change that you're trying to achieve in life, whatever it may be, right? Out of the three, what's the hardest for you? Let me just start there. What's the hardest for me? Patience. Yeah, like patience. Yeah. I am the most impatient person. (laughs) I want it and I want it right now. 
Well, then we're, I think our listeners would probably all agree that they're just as impatient as you and I are. We all want it now. Yeah. And consistency, mm-hmm. when I set my mind to it, I don't have a problem with being consistent. That's my, I, I think that's my strongest. Like I'm, I can show up every day. Yep. I can do the same thing, like from a routine or habit standpoint, like I'm on point. I need routine. Yeah. I, need I was just going to say I thrive on my, it too. For my sanity. Yeah. Right. And consistency is one area where I think through bodybuilding, mm-hmm. I've learned consistent day in and day out. Now, I mean, time kind of comes along with patience as well, but let's dive into it. So let's mm-hmm. start with time. What does it mean to take time? Well, I mean, I, I've seen time has many layers for me, as you and I have already talked about before doing this episode, like the time that it takes to prepare all the little habits that you have to change throughout your day, your week, the months, the commitment ahead, and then time it takes to actually so like set everything up. Like, for example, like if you're adding a habit change, like going to the grocery store on Sundays, that takes time out of your day. Like you actually have to plan ahead to make that happen. You have to write a grocery list that takes time. So time has two meanings. The first meaning being the time that is going to take you to get where you're going in terms of your goals. Right. And the second meaning being the time that you have to invest into your goals. Exactly. So way to break it down, Daron. Break. I'm on fire today. <laughs> right. So I took a nap. I had some coffee. <laughs> I had coffee. I took a nap late. too. I had coffee late because apparently I, I don't do value sleep. <laughs> the let's start with the but time yeah. that it's going to take to hit your goals. Yes. Yeah, so six months to lose. Right. So twenty pounds. You, so you have to set appropriate expectations and realistic mm-hmm. expectations of what it's going to be. And yeah. with that, I'm going to use recent clients that have come onto my roster mm-hmm. that want to hit their like, I didn't lose weight this week or I only lost half a pound, half a pound. Yeah, that's and, so I'm common. Like, and I'm like, that is a realistic expectation for yeah. you to lose half a pound in that week. Right. Well, I mean, people, when it comes to time frame of a goal, achieving a goal, we're extremely impatient. That's right. the biggest the biggest issue with that is we, we everyone wants to lose two pounds in a week for consistently two pounds for a week for like four weeks. And boom, that weight's just gone. Done. And then they expect it to continue. Yeah, it's I want to hit this. I have a 30 pound weight loss goal. OK, when do you want to hit that by yesterday? Uh-huh. No, two weeks. That's what and I always like. Hear. I got like a month. What, what, what? And then they'll say, what can you give what me? What can we do in a month? <laughs> what can you give me? I'm like, I right? can't do that. <laughs> yeah. And and it's so setting realistic expectations, mm-hmm. knowing this. So the expectation should be this. You are going to work towards your goals. You are going to set a realistic time frame, which is going to be anywhere really from zero pounds to two pounds a week. Yeah. Because you're not going to lose every week. No. And even that two pounds a week is if you have, a, to me, over like a 30 to like a 30 to 50 pound weight loss, two pounds a week is pretty okay. But if you like looking to lose the last 10 pounds, two pounds a week is extremely aggressive. Like that's very rare. So that's where we start, right? We start with the expectation of how long it's going to take you to hit your mm-hmm. goals. If you have a 10 pound weight loss goal. Mm-hmm. Give yourself two, maybe three months. That's what I Because say. it's the last 10 pounds. And I then, always and then you're good. say whatever the goal is, whether it be 
10 pounds, 20 pounds, build muscle. I don't know, get like create health. If it's a, like a marker, like a blood work marker that you're trying to change six months. That's always my answer to people. Give well, it the, the building muscle. And I say this all the time, 10 to 12 pounds over the course of a year. So depending yeah. on how much you want to uh, you want to build and how committed you are to it. And how well, so that so that's the other piece to that is first and foremost, like we just mentioned, you've got to follow the smart criteria, which we've talked about in a previous episode. Yeah. The goal has to be specific, measurable, attainable, realistic and time bound. You have to follow that criteria and set realistic time frames for realistic goals and understand that the scale won't always budge. Yeah. But you have to give yourself a little bit of leeway, especially in the beginning, because you have to be able to set the right habits for yourself. Mm-hmm. And there's a learning curve, not just a learning curve, but like like shit happens. Life gets in the way. Some weeks aren't as productive as others. So there's going to be kind of like ebbs and flows in your commitment, in the process, whatever it might be. Something gets in the way. And it, it kind of sets you back. So you, and you have to be prepared for that. Like, this is why the time frame I always kind of go all, a little bit longer. And, to, and then if it pleasantly happens sooner than that, it's all good. Or the other piece to that is it's just not a habit yet. So you haven't really fully committed right. to that. Right. So, right. OK, I didn't lose any weight <laughs> this week and you told me to eat uh, X amount of protein with every meal. First of all, there are a ton of other habits that you have to build on top of that. Right. Before the weight loss is actually going to come, we got to worry about your calorie deficit. We got to worry about your carb intake, your fat intake. We have to worry about your exercise. We have to worry about your NEAT, which is your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, right? Mm-hmm. We have to factor in for all these Sleep different factors stress. before yeah. you're like, all right, I'm on the money. I'm spot on and I'm doing what I need to do, right? But if I tell you as a client that you, I want you to eat, let's say 25 grams of protein four times a day, mm-hmm. right? And then you kind of like halfway do that. And then you're like, well, you told me to do this. And then I didn't lose any weight this week. Why? And I'm like, well, just because I told you to do it doesn't mean that you <laughs> did it. Right? right. So first and foremost, you need to establish that habit. And secondly, you need to establish other habits and build them on top of each other until mm-hmm. you've built this thing where you're just like, all right, I'm on point with A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And now this is where the magic happens. You have to give yourself time to develop those habits, right? And right. This is- well, that's why we call it, right. That's why we call it building a lifestyle change instead of losing 10 pounds because it's the stuff that you do to create those habits that create, that gives you the result that you're looking for. But then you also have to keep those habits up. This is the other thing I say to clients, I need to see you for like a year, no matter what the goal is, even 10 pounds. And they always think I'm crazy. Because I say, listen, it'll take you at least three months to lose it. Then I need to make sure that you can continue to maintain for another three months. And then if there's another change or a goal that you want to continue with, I want to see you for those last three months. That's nine months out of the year. And that's how long it's going to create. This is a lifestyle change. These are factors that are supposed to be embedded in who you are and the type of life that you're living moving forward, not just a quick fix or 30 day cleanse. And I want the time to edu- <laughs> and I want and I want the time to educate you so that yeah. you can be free from me and do it on your own. Exactly. Never have to do this again. Now, the other piece to the habits is the fact that you when you think of a habit, you can't just think of, OK, I need to consume 25 grams. I'm going to use a protein example again. I need okay. to consume 25 grams of protein at every meal. 
you can't think of just that because you have to think about the habits that surround the habit that you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And I think oftentimes people just think, oh, great. Okay. I have to eat 25 grams. That's a piece of cake. Yeah. I'll just find it anywhere. Right. Like it doesn't matter what kind of protein it I'm is. I'm not. Like- so I'm not going to get in the habit of planning my day. Right. Uh, a planning ahead of time, planning the day before or the morning of, depending on what your schedule is like, or a few days before even. I have to get in the habit of cooking more frequently. I have to get in the habit of finding new recipes so I don't get bored. I have to get in the habit of grocery shopping so I have all the tools prepared in my house. Yeah. And maybe I have to get in the habit of prepping and putting things in Tupperware the -hmm. night before I go to work. That's the like ready to go over. (laughs) My thing is, even if you're eating on the go, even if you're someone that goes, if I mean, a lot of people are working from home right now, but if you're working in an office and there's, uh, you know, places that you go to eat with the rest of your staff, it's also planning. Look at the menu ahead of time. What can you order off that menu? Like you don't have to walk around with Tupperware in your hand or meals with you all the time to still be actively eating enough protein. But you do have to plan ahead. Like if you are someone that's going to be eating out at a restaurant, like I always tell my clients, you have to know what the next step is. So I always tell them it's like preemptively staying ahead of the habit so that you're not getting there and like, oh, shit, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. What do I do now? It happens all the time with clients. Yeah. Right. And then you're like, well, you didn't plan. So it's not a problem with the goal that I set out for you. It's a plan. It's a problem with your planning and your preparation for that goal. So the habit the is time. the habit is preparation now. Right. Mm-hmm. So I gave you a habit. Now I have to help you to build the habits around that single habit. Now, the other piece is eating on the go, right? We can't just eat on, go ahead and eat on the go because we need to know what things look like, right? So one of the Mm -hmm. conversations that I typically have with clients is I'm fine with you eating on the go and making the right choices. And I'll Mm -hmm. even look at the menu with you, Mm -hmm. but I want you to know what portions look like so that you don't have that portion distortion that Mm -hmm. you're like, oh yeah, I know what six ounces of chicken looks like but I've never seen it in my life. So I'm just have this realistic, <laughs> unrealistic, like, yeah, that's six it ounces. It kind of looks like it. <laughs> it looks like it could be six ounces, even though I've never weighed anything. Right. So the eating on the go, I'm okay with, but you need to get in the habit of while you're home, mm-hmm. finding out what quantities look like. And it doesn't right. necessarily even have to be, listen, I'm a huge fan of using a food scale. I think that's yeah, the most accurate, best way to do it. Yeah. Or I can just say, hey, palm of your hands, thickness of a deck of cards, that's four ounces. If yeah. you want to eat six ounces, eat one and a half of those. Well, there's a stepping stone, right? If you want to really know and you want to be accurate, like you were saying, the whole Tupperware example, you measure it out, you put it in Tupperware and you you get on top of your game. That's the that's the way that's going to get you the fastest. So I always use those examples for clients that are like, well, I don't want to take six months. I'm like, all right, if you really want to make this happen, This is the way the habits have to unfold. You have to measure your food. You have to journal it. You have to know what you're putting in your body. Number one. So if you want it the fastest way, then get on top of your game. If you want a little bit more leeway, then you can use the palm of the hand, the fist, the, you know, that type of example and so on. So this is also the most time consuming one is the one that you actually have to plug into your day. And I think that is also where, so many clients get so frustrated with not being able to create that type of change or thinking you even packing a lunch. I mean, I pack my lunch every day, every single day. I take it with me, even on the days that I don't want to carry it. And it's so silly that some mornings when I'm taking all my stuff with me to work, I literally have had moments where I'm like, I just do not want to take my lunchbox today. 
And it's a nice one. I love it. But I think I don't want to take it, but it's a habit. So I'm like, nope. you first of all, I shopped for food. I have healthy options. And I know if I don't take it, then it's much easier for me to go into the cafe at work and, you know, pick something else. Not that that's a bad thing, but it's definitely not going to be on track to what my goals are if I'm not staying on top of the foods that I have planned for. So yeah, you and, can easily, you know, get away from that. And quantity matters. I don't care what Absolutely. anybody says. It's not the only thing that's important, but quantity definitely matters. And mm -hmm. I used to, uh, you know, in teaching courses, uh, some of the dialogue that I've had is when talking about quantity is think of it as a dose of medication, right? You yep. go to your physician and your physician gives you a medication to take. And if you take just enough of that medication, it's going to have the right chemical reaction in your body mm -hmm. to perform the task it needs to, to perform. If you take too half a dose or half a dose, it may not be enough for you. Mm -hmm. If you take too much of a dose, you may have an adverse reaction, reaction yeah. depending on what the drug is, obviously. So For example, now think about food. Food is let's let's go back to Hippocrates. Let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. Right. Food is the same thing as taking medication. And you're over here like with your hands out. Right. <laughs> but food, oh, wise one. Food is the same thing as medication. It causes yeah. some sort of chemical reaction in your body. Right. Mm -hmm. Something in your metabolism changes when you eat food. Now, if I eat too many carbohydrates over long periods of time, that's going to affect my insulin sensitivity. It's going to make me likely to be insulin resistant, right? Let's say I'm in a caloric surplus and I eat a ton of sugar and a ton of carbohydrates. Yep. It's going to downregulate my insulin receptors. It's going to create abdominal obesity, potentially metabolic syndrome. And over longer periods of time, I might get type 2 diabetes, mm -hmm. right? So that's the adverse effects of the foods that you eat. The quantities of food, and I know we're kind of getting a little off topic on off of time here, but the quantity of the food that you're consuming, it's important to know the dose of food that you're getting yeah. so that you can have the reaction that you want to have. Well, it's a huge piece to time because you just made the point that if you're not taking the appropriate dose, then the timing will be off in terms of how your body reacts. Yeah, sure. You know what I'm saying? So anything else about time? I don't think so. I mean, I like giving myself more time for goals. The same thing with my clients. So I always say, give yourself a little extra because then there's less pressure. I think the time thing I would also add pressure to, like if you're feeling so stressed about a goal and you've, you've set such a small window of time to be able to do it, you also become- It's also not sustainable. You, well, yes, of course. But it, I mean, that's the biggest thing. But I also feel like put, people put so much pressure on themselves that they get from a psychological standpoint, they get really down on themselves and the motivation starts to drop and the action steps become less and less because you start to think, I didn't lose any weight this week, blah, 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 blah. And so it can really make you feel bad about yourself. And that guilt, shame loop is really dangerous to get into because it's definitely going to halt your, your progress. So moral of the story when it comes to time, set time aside to, first of all, give yourself an appropriate, realistic amount of time to hit your goal. You're not going to lose 30 pounds in a week. If you lose half a pound, if you lose half a pound in a week, that's great. That's a win. If you didn't lose a single pound, but still stayed on track with your habits, that's right. also a win, mm -hmm. right? And allow yourself not only the time to build healthy habits, but the time to 
build habits around those habits. What, yeah. right? What think about your habits? I want to eat more vegetables. Well, you have to cut up those vegetables. You have to keep them in the fridge. You have to shop for them. You have to shop for them more regularly because they're mm -hmm. perishable foods. They go bad very, very, very quickly. So you're going to have to plan out time to grocery shop multiple times a week. So your goal takes time from, from both angles, right? It's going to take a, a long time to hit your goal, which is fine. And it's also going to take you time put into reaching those goals. Mm -hmm. So let's get into consistency. Okay. What I want to say about consistency is it's very easy to do things for a day, but can you mm -hmm. do them consistently for a week, a month, yeah. six months, or a year? Mm -hmm. That's what's going to determine whether or not you are successful is consistency, consistency, consistency. You have to do the same things day in and day out over and over and over again. Yep. It is ultra important. It is probably of the three. I mean, obviously all three time consistency and patience are important, but consistency I find to be the one that clients struggle with the most The out of the three. I mean, we all want to rush the goals. We all want the time to be quicker, but consistency is really difficult in a world where the chaos of your day can easily get thrown off. You know, if you, if you schedule one of my biggest things with clients is to schedule yourself into your calendar every day. So when do you sit down and eat? When do you get your workout in around your work schedule and kids and family and et cetera. And if you are easily thrown off or don't make that a priority for yourself, it's very easy to say, I'm going to work out at 9am Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then Monday comes and you have a work meeting that comes up and you have to take the work meeting. So you move your workout to 11 a.m. And then something happens at work and you move your workout to 5 p.m. And then before you know it, the Monday workout now becomes Thursday workout and you didn't get any of your workouts in. And by like by 5 p.m., you just don't feel like doing it. Yeah, it's like that. I mean, I realize work stuff is obviously a priority, but even that you have to be really careful. If you're going to schedule it at 9 a.m., probably not the best time to schedule it. it if work continues to be, you know, it gets moved because of things. Can't keep doing that because you'll never hit a consistent, it, consistency builds momentum. You know, from a workout standpoint, you have to consistently work out. You can't expect to work out one day a week. That's first and foremost. If you work out mm -hmm. one day a week and you're trying to build muscle or you're trying to lose body fat, that's not going to be enough. Yeah. It's not going to be enough stress on the body for your body to change. Mm -hmm. We have to think about how the body changes. The body changes by consistently putting a stress on it that forces change. Your body, basically, you lift weights mm -hmm. and you're putting your body in a very difficult situation. You're struggling with the last two or three reps. Mm -hmm. You need to do that on a consistent basis and have your body think, I need to build stronger because if I don't, I won't survive. Yeah, That's that kind of uh, primal mechanism that we have mm -hmm. ingrained in our DNA is if we can't perform something, we could die and we're built to survive. So we need to put our body under that constant stress. Now, obviously there's a delicate balance. Nicole, you and I talk about this a lot. Mm -hmm. There's a delicate balance between undertraining and overtraining. You want to get in the right amount. You want to make sure that your other stressors in your life are obviously accounted for as well. Mm -hmm. But the moral of the story is you need to work out on a consistent basis. Mm -hmm. I say at a very minimum, you need to start with three days a week for strength training, for strength, for ever, for weight loss too. I know, but I always, when I always talk to clients about schedule, I'm like, you have cardiovascular fitness piece to your workout, you oh, have strength I see training, you I see and you then mean. you have yes. nutrition, right? Yes. So you can't only do one. You can't, 
well, uh, well, I shouldn't say that. For beginners, you can layer in those habits. We could start off with maybe just focusing on food and then eventually getting to cardiovascular and strength training. Or we can add strength training and nutrition, like two of the three. Like depending on where the person is entering in on their fitness journey, we can obviously build upon those markers. You don't, you but, don't want to bombard them with too many habits at once. Right. But if someone's already strength training, like here's the thing. The human mind will always take the shortest route possible. We're always going to do the least amount to try and get to the furthest goal, right? So if 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 I tell a client you have to work out once a week, they will work out half <laughs> half an hour. Half of once a week. Half of once a week. If I tell them they have to work out four days a week, I get two. And if I say you have to work out, you know, two days a week, I get maybe one. So I, again, it's like the six month marker that I always tell tell clients they have to get their nutrition in point for six months. It's the same thing with workouts. I always overshoot so that I kind of sort of under hit my clients will under hit and I get at least some of what I want. Well, I'm just blunt and I'm like, hey, minimum of three days a week. We're going to touch up on your cardio later. We're going to talk about nutrition strategies. We're going to build a habit on top of habit. Mm -hmm. Now, you have to be consistent with your workouts and you have to be consistent with your meals. What I enjoy is when clients say, and this is one of the first conversations I have with clients, be honest and be real with yourself. How many meals per day are you comfortable eating? Yes. Is it three meals, four meals or five meals? And right. usually three to five meals. That's my range that I yeah. want people in anywhere from three to five. My preference is four meals a day. Mm -hmm. It could it's it's not a hundred percent a necessity, mm -hmm. but it's that's what I prefer. Now, let's say you are eating four meals a day. The reason why I want you to commit to that number of meals a day, anywhere from three to five, but commit to what you choose. The reason why I want you to do that is because you get on a consistent schedule of your feeding times. Yeah. And you eat, you start to eat at the same time every day. And that starts to become a habit, right? right. Your body expects that food. So that's another piece to consistency. And now your hunger and satiety cues, mm -hmm. they are they start to develop around those times that you're feeding yourself. Yeah. A lot of times what people don't understand about these cues is that their cues are all out of whack because their eating is all out of whack. They're eating at different times of the day. They're eating in the middle of the night. They're mm -hmm. snacking throughout the day. And those cues are all over the place and they're either constantly hungry or not hungry at all. Yep. If you're not hungry at all, I'm going to say, okay, great. Just eat three small meals a day mm -hmm. at the same time every day. And I guarantee you your body will change and your hunger cues will yeah. start to cue you to eat at the times that you've been eating. And if you're overly hungry on a consistent basis, I want you to eat more frequent meals throughout the day mm -hmm. so that you're avoiding the snacking and mm -hmm. then your hunger and satiety cues will. They'll also fall in line as to how you feel. I mean, think about it. It doesn't really matter if you eat three. You, you it doesn't matter if you have 1600 calories to eat in the day or $1,600 in your account, and I tell you, you you can only spend a certain amount four times a day, or you can only eat a certain amount of calories of that $1,600 four times a day, you then break up all of your macronutrients and your calories along those four meals. So if you do three meals, four meals, six meals, it really doesn't matter. But the lifestyle piece is really important. And I use this example all the time. I mean, you and I, Daron, are morning trainers, so we go in very early at like 6 a.m., you and I have a morning schedule that follows a very simple routine. We get up at 4 a.m., 4.15 a.m., and we eat in the morning before we go to work, say 5.30. When you we get, get up into at work. 4 a.m. 
Well, whatever. I do my I, cardio first. I roll then. out of bed at five. <laughs> like, do you really? Help me. <laughs> I get up at 4.15. I do my cardio. Then I have something. I drink something. Usually do a protein shake or something because I, I just know I'm not hungry for food, but I do need something. Then I shower, change, and I get to work. And then I have my first breakfast or my real breakfast when I'm at work. And then a couple hours later, I have lunch. Then I have a snack. And then I have you know, my second lunch, whatever my day looks like. But if you have someone that works a second shift, like we have other trainers in the gym that come in at 11 a.m., they work till 7 or 8 p.m. They don't get up till 9 or 10. Or if they're like you, they, they get up at like 10, 15 and roll out of now, bed. Now, <laughs> right. So morning routine, consistency in that, right? That's important right. as well. So I wake up in the morning. I chug 32 ounces of water. First thing I do in the day, I shower, I brush my teeth, I pack my meals, which were usually in Tupperware the day before, but I put mm -hmm. it in ice in my lunch bag and I make my shake. Mm -hmm. After I make my shake, the dog goes out. I get in the car. I go to work. It's the same routine yeah, every, every single day. day. Now, all of us have these routines exactly. and this consistency in a routine. Now, the thing is, the hard part is you have to change that routine and create a new routine and be consistent with that. Right. You can't do it for a day. You have to be consistent with it over and over and over again. And this is where the habit loop comes in, yes. because when you're doing something consistently, it's not a habit yet. You have to do it consciously, mm -hmm. but do it for six months. Yeah. And then you'll stop thinking about it and it's automatic. Yeah. It's funny because I have I, we both have clients that are, you know, busy moms or or dads for that matter that have kids. And you know, a morning time with kids is very different than you and I have animals. You have to take Kobe out. I have cats that I'm that are at me to feed and play, but I still do the same thing every morning. When you have children and maybe other people in your house, like it can be a lot harder to keep a consistent routine around a certain time frame when maybe school drop off is later one day than another day, those types of things. But at least you're doing the same thing every day. So even if the time shifts a bit, curveballs are going to come. And this yeah. is where I say life doesn't care about your goals. You still have to stick to the plan and you still exactly. have to focus on the three things that we're talking about, time, consistency mm -hmm. and patience. Yeah. Kobe has a morning routine, by the way. The cats do too. Wake up. CC I will Zoe say, too. I will <laughs> say though, the cutest thing in the world is <laughs> when Kobe's like groggy and doesn't want to get out. And I'm like Kobe from the other room, and like yeah. you want to get out of bed. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, I feel so bad. But you got to get up, man. I got to get, got to leave. Yeah, I got to go to work. <laughs> so the third thing I want to talk about is patience. Mm -hmm. This is kind of an easy one. Yeah, we've kind of touched about talk, or we have kind of touched upon it already. I can't talk today. If you start off not working out at all or not working out as much as you need to be, let's let's say you're work, you're not working out at all. Be patient with yourself. That's the first part of it. Right. You have to be patient with your goals, but mm -hmm. you have to also have to be patient with yourself. I think yeah. it's more, much, much more important. If you're not working out at all, be patient with yourself and allow yourself to start working out three times a week before you jump the gun to start yeah. working out five days a week. Right. Because we all know that if you haven't been working out or you have taken a break from working out, which a lot of people have been doing now, if gyms during are closing COVID, right? during COVID. Yeah. And they get back into the gym and they're like, I'm going to go five days a week. I'm like, first of all, you're going to be exhausted. You haven't really worked out. Your body's going to need a little bit of an adjustment period. So ease back into it. And then again, I like love the word momentum, build your momentum. And, you know, you can start to come in even from a time standpoint, 
come in for 30 minutes three times a week, then 45 minutes, then build up to an hour if that's what your goal is. But you have to be patient with your you have to be patient with yourself to develop those habits, right? Everything yeah. comes down to those habits. Yeah. You have to be patient and allow yourself the time to create those habits. You're not always going to feel like doing it. You're not always going to remember to do it. You have to mm -hmm. be patient with yourself. You have to be kind to yourself. Don't hate yourself because you didn't do it one week. Just get back on and try and create that habit. Right. Because you want just... a positive habit loop instead yes. of what and... we talk about, the negative loop, which is. Yeah. And and habits are. Listen, I, I'm a victim of my own negative self dialogue sometimes. So, mm -hmm. I'm you know, saying it from a place where I completely understand it. But you try to kind of reverse that and, you know, be positive with yourself, be happy with yourself, be happy with what you've accomplished thus far. Right. You always want to look at what you've done already because mm -hmm. uh, sometimes you don't realize how far you've come. And you want to be patient with yourself that you're not going to get it right away. The habit piece, those are neural networks that become hardwired. And we've talked about mm -hmm. this before. They become hardwired in your brain. And that takes time. You do something one time. Okay, great. Your brain is like, all right, you did it one time. There's like a little tiny, like not even a scrape. You <laughs> do it. You do it 50 times. All right. Now that groove is starting to form. You do it 100 times. Now that groove in your brain is forming even more. It's getting deeper and deeper. And the more and more you do it, the more it just becomes something that your brain just automatically just goes to that thing. You have to be patient and give yourself time to develop those things as habits. Yeah. And the discomfort or being uncomfortable in the first part of that, uh, building that habit loop, you have to just work through. Like you have to patiently work through, okay, this feels uncomfortable today. But by Friday, I'll be five days in and it'll be a little less comfortable or a little more comfortable, excuse me. And then 10 days and then 20 days. You know what I mean? Like each day, I always use the example, like if you've ever, if you drive in your car to a new destination, the first time you need the GPS to help you find it, you may even need the GPS three or four times if you're me, because I'm a terrible with direction. <laughs> but um, then you remember it becomes But familiar. then you start to remember certain, yeah, like a street name, a landmark, and each time you go and drive to that same destination, you remember a little bit more. And then before you know it, you're, you're before you know it, you're driving there on a day when you don't even have to go there <laughs> because it's such a habit that you're I like, I didn't need to go there. I'm not, today. I'm, you know what? I'm not sure about your analogy, though, because I feel like I'm just like glued to the, to the ways on my phone. And I'm are like, you really? I just rely See, on it. And listen, I don't pay attention to we got to get going. you out of that. I don't pay attention so to where I'm going. <laughs> That's right? probably because you and are I, not bad with directions. I recall a time. I mean, remember, <laughs> remember, yeah, I was talking about this the other day with somebody. You remember MapQuest? Yeah. Well, you'd, you'd print to, it out and had to directions. read. <laughs> right. At that point, you're like, I don't want to keep looking at this thing. I'm going to remember and memorize it. But, but with see, Waze, that's it's so easy to not have to think. See, well, this is the that's this is the reason why I don't I'll use like a GPS the first few times, but then I make myself try and remember this is, this is so important for brain function. It really is. It's like, I do the same thing with phone numbers. Like I, the speed dial, I will dial people's numbers just to remember them. I only remember people's numbers from a time that I didn't. You had to have, dial them. To, exactly. Like yeah, I remember see, my, my parents' home phone number. I remember because at the time mm -hmm. we didn't have, Cell phones weren't really a thing. I mean, that was before. Yeah. 
you know, I was a kid. But even with a cell phone the in the beginning, you actually had to dial the number. Now I can just say call Darone. God knows if I ever had yeah. to actually like remember yeah. your telephone number. I die. I'm a dialer. And but because map- I also have a fear of losing like I have a fear of that, like not remembering things scares me. And listen, the map thing, the the GPS thing. Yeah. I mean, I'll get lost in my own neighborhood. <laughs> I'm, That's I'll why you should I'll get, get lost rid of right it around, I'll get lost right around the block. Me and Kobe will be like, I'll be walking the dog and I'll be like, Kobe, I don't I don't know where to go. Kobe's like this way, dad. I don't. Yeah. And he's sniffing his way back. <laughs> he to the sniffs house. his way back. Yeah. So it, it's a good analogy. And it's also the hard work analogy. Like if you are just kind of mindlessly Going following waves. Yeah. yeah. Well, so this is one thing that I want to bring up. And this is, I guess, kind of a little bit off topic, but ownership of your process yeah. and ownership of your own goals. Like it's not uh, it's up to us as coaches to guide you. But mm-hmm. anytime I have successful clients, I yeah. always I say I put the blame on them for their success. They say, thank you so much for everything mm-hmm. you've done for me. And I say, I didn't do shit. You did all the work. Right. I told you the directions and yeah. you you followed them and you, you turned and you off did them. Right. <laughs> you turned off your autopilot. You took ownership of your process mm-hmm. and your goals and you gave it time, consistency and patience. And yeah. on that note, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, <laughs> Another epic episode of the Eat Right Nutrition podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, click subscribe, give us five stars, comment, share this with a friend, and you'll hear us next week.